Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, SCOTUS to hear redistricting case. Also, prison strikes continue. And is MAGAMO no mo? <laughs> I think MAGA Mo, no Mo, is trying to get some butt. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's just me and you. It's just me and you. It it's just the two of just us. Just the two of us. And baby. we can make it if we try. <laughs> <laughs> We've done it for quite a few years now. Just the two of us, you and I. Yes. That's a great song. All right. It is. It is. Hey, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things in politics. You know, we've been around a pretty good while, and, and you see the different personalities come and go. You see who's a fake, and you see mm. who, who's genuine, and, and who really keeps their, their consistent. Consistent, <laughs> yeah, right? consistent. That's, so, that's the word for it. Uh, we asked the question this week, and I, I think we know the answer. Is MAGA Mo no MAGA no Mo? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I would I would think so since yeah. he's going after Trump quite so heavily. I mean, he's now remember he was no no MAGA Mo back in 2016, right, and then right. when Trump looked like he was going to get elected, he became MAGA Mo, and now he's back to no MAGA Mo. So, I mean, he's going after him over the uh, the want to be reinstated as president, uh, over the tax fraud situation, over the Mar-a-Lago situation, and just saying some crazy stuff that the same guy, you know, a, a year, even a year ago, would not have said about Trump. Well, and this is, this is, this is, this to me, this is the politics of insincerity and the mm -hmm. politics of opportunity. Mo Brooks, in 2016, came out, accused Trump of being then-candidate Trump, mm -hmm. of being a serial, uh, not womanizer, but adulterer, mm -hmm. uh, said other nasty things about him. And once he took office, he, he became his best friend. I mean, you know, the January... The Jan go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, the even down to the January 6th rally. Well, the January 6th, the whole objection to Biden's electors was the brainchild of Mo Brooks. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to give anybody credit or disparage anyone for what happened, Mo Brooks, in my opinion, takes a lot of the blame because he's the one who came up with this cockamamie idea mm -hmm. that you could challenge these electors and somehow overturn a election that was fair and square, uh, that you may not have liked everything that happened, but nobody but uh, Nobody in authority has ever said that there was anything but a fair election. Right. But the thing that gets me is so Mo Brooks is all Trumpy. He's everything Trump. And then then President Trump, of course, sees that he's getting his 
behind kicked mm -hmm. in the U.S. Senate race, Katie Britt's killing him. Right. So all of a sudden, the president goes, former president goes, oh, well, Mo's woke. Well, he endorsed Mo, and then he, yeah. re he, he rescinded it. Right, right. And then he turned around and said, Mo's woke. So, you know, it, it, I think that's kind of where the... <clears throat> I mean, Mo is about as woke as the grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. There is nothing... Woke no. about Mo. No. Mo no. is totally asleep. <laughs> he's, not, he's not woke. But I think it's interesting. You brought this up. He, he, he accuses the president basically on Twitter, and Jonathan will put these up. He, he, he chooses of, of, of violating the Constitution. Mm -hmm. uh, wanting to be reinstated as president. Right, which we know is not possible. Of course. But you, don't, you know, he, he says, well, you know, basically violating the Constitution. And they put it in all caps, like, we can't read. Right? I know, I know. And then the Mar-a-Lago thing uh, about the president, he says, serious, unprecedented conduct. There again, Maga Mo, no, no Mo. Mo. And no then he, Mo. he sides with Letitia James out of uh, New York on the tax fraud thing, and he goes, uh, New York sues at Donald Trump for hundreds of millions of frauds and damages. No one should be surprised by the suit. I'm not. Susan? Is, I know his political career is over, but good Lord, he's salt in everybody's fields. Yeah. He is burning down the barns. He's just, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I, what's the, po what possible outcome is he looking for here? I, I just, I don't see it. I mean, it, it seems like to me it's a revenge tour. I mean, which has been fairly successful for the former president, but I just don't know how he doesn't have a very lonely retirement. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's burning everybody he knows or yeah, every uh, yeah. political ally he's ever had. Well, Mo has always been on the extreme, and, and now we've seen him go from one extreme to the other, against Trump, for Trump, now back against Trump. Never, never mind, he never got anything done while he was in Congress. No, but yeah. no, all those years. Yeah, all those Congress. years, and he, didn't, he got a, what, a post office named? Yeah, he yeah. did. That, but meanwhile... <laughs> that is his legacy. Oh, is wow, his legacy. wow. Uh, again, I think if he'd have stood by his grounds, and uh, but, you know, who knows? Mo who did knows? what Mo is going to do. Mo's gone. Mo's gone. <clears throat> Mo's gone. So You know, you and I both had some serious conversations recently with mm -hmm. Republican lawmakers and leaders mm -hmm. who are talking about the fact that they are just tired of the extremes on both ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. You know, both parties now seem to be beholden to the extremes. You know, let's don't work with Biden. Let's don't work with Obama. Let's don't work with Trump. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Democrats didn't want to work with Trump. The Republicans didn't want to work with Obama. Now we've got it back to Biden. Here in Alabama, we, we we can we we shouldn't do that here. We really should. No, because there's more common ground between the Republican Party and the Democratic Party in Alabama than anybody's willing to admit right. is the problem. And what these extremes are doing are they they're splitting the parties, and they're also here's I, I'm sorry to break it to y'all, but the way a democracy works or a republic works is working together to better. It's not make you know making sure somebody else gets gets crushed in the process. I mean, we're supposed to work at some, you know, you've got your different extremes and you've got your different views, but at some point that has to come together into some sort of compromise to better yeah. the citizens of the state. Well, and you and I are old enough, uh, Not, I mean, you know, you're a lot older than me. I, I am, that, I but, am, uh, a century or two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're old enough to remember during the Reagan era mm -hmm. uh, and, and during the George Herbert Walker Bush mm -hmm. era, 
and even to some degree, uh, you know, in other times, yeah. where Republicans and Democrats work together. And it's, what we've got now in the state that I'm afraid is Republicans are going to fight it, Republicans because of the extremes. And, and, and that's what worries me. And I think that's what's worrying leadership up and down the, the, the state. Is well, that they can't get as a, done. as a result of that, now we've got the libertarians. We got sixty candidates, libertarian yeah. candidates on the ballot, and it's shaking everybody up pretty good. That's going to be one of the more interesting things to I'm, me I'm, to see how they fare mm -hmm. on the ballot itself, and what that would we can learn from that as far as the voters' contentment. Right. I think the voters are kind of tired of the extremes, and we'll see what's going to happen. Yeah. All right, you're watching the V. The voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back with more news and analysis. Speed is one of the biggest factors in a fatal car crash. Your car stops, but your body does not stop at the same time. Your body keeps going. You know, and that could be running into your seatbelt, that could be hitting the airbag, something has to stop it. And unfortunately, it's something very hard. There have been times that we've come upon accidents where if people weren't speeding, they'd probably still be alive today. It's truly dangerous and it puts everybody at risk. There's just no point to it. This kind of stuff has got to stop. I'm Donald Trump and I love Alabama. As many of you know, there are a few issues facing our nation as important as election integrity and election fraud. This is why the people of the great state of Alabama must work together to make it easier to vote and harder to cheat. So get out, register to vote, and get a photo ID so you can make your voice heard and decide the future of our great country. Thank you. My dog Jupiter is frightened when I climb too high. The owl said. Monsters, Daddy. I did, honey. There are no monsters. You're perfectly safe. Protect yourself and those you love. Vaccinate now. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Susan, I don't know of any two journalists in Alabama who've toured more prisons mm -hmm. than you and I. Right. You know, we, we, we've been to the, the best and the worst. Yes, we have. We've been to male, female. Mm -hmm. we, we've toured them. And we didn't just go there and spend, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes. We spent hours there. Yeah. And even the, I, I, I told uh, Commissioner Dunn at the time, I was like, I want to see the warts of Tutwater. Yeah. I want to see under the prison. So right. we went down right. under it and looked all right. out. We've been all over those prisons. It's not just a glory tour through them. No, no. We, and, we, you know, again, we questioned the prison's shape and mm -hmm. questioned the money being spent or wanting to be spent on prisons. And we came around to finally believing that the Ivy administration was responsible enough to be able to handle right. building new prisons. We did not feel that way about no, the Bentley we, administration. No, we toured them during the Bentley administration, and, and I could see how the money would actually be misspent during yeah. that. 
and, and where, when you could see that it needed to go to these certain areas that we observed. Yeah. I wasn't willing to cut him a, you know, a blank check, but no, with Ivy, no. I trusted her judgment on it. Well, and, and it's a long time coming, and we, got, oh, we gosh, have yes. to give Governor Ivy credit for actually uh, having the willingness to get it done. Mm -hmm. now, I know it's controversial. It is. And there's it a is. lot of our friends who don't like it, uh, but again, there are things that have to be done whether we like them or not. Right. And you're talking about electrical systems that are installed in the 1940s. Yeah. I mean, and okay, really? Duct tape and electrical tape. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not, he's not joking, folks. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, John Henry Glenn, that mm -hmm. works for APR over there, and he reported two weeks ago that the, the incarcerated folks around the state were going on strike in prisons. Mm -hmm. They did go on strike, as he reported, and this was the past Monday. Mm -hmm. They are still on strike. Mm -hmm. But Susan, I'm not certain this is gonna make any difference because what is coming out of ADOC and what we're hearing is that they're basically uh, ignoring them mm -hmm. and basically trying to starve them out the way it looks to me. Yeah, they're, they're uh, from what we're understanding, although they've cut off all communications from within, uh, within the prisons, uh, because John Henry uh, Glenn talks to a lot of these incarcerated yeah. folks. Uh, they've cut off all those communications, which is a violation. Um, they've, what we're understanding, have rationed the food, yeah. uh, which, believe me, the food that they were eating when we were there on a good day was horrid. Yeah. Um, it looks like they've, they've limited medications. Now, I understand a lot of these people are in prison because they have mental health issues, so that couldn't be a problem, right? Um, right. But it's basically they're just treating them like savages. Well, I mean, one of the problems here is that the prison maintenance, the prison food, mm -hmm. the all kinds of the, uh, things at the prisons are... Dispensing of medication. It's yeah. done by inmates. Yes, it and is. And if they're on strike, I mean, I, John sent me a, a text the other day from a guy that said the, the police are, you know, handing out the food. Mm -hmm. uh, and and that they're only getting two meals a day. You and I saw pictures of those meals. We did. We we did. I don't, there's no way somebody could sustain life on those. There I was mean, something that looked like applesauce. Yeah, kind of like Something that looks like a brown something. I couldn't tell what it was. And then a piece of bread and a carton of milk, a little carton of little milk. A little carton of milk, yeah. But, you know, you, you know. It, it, you feed more food to a child in elementary school than was on those trays. You wouldn't be allowed to no, feed that. No, <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying even the quantity of food, uh, much less know, there's no, there was no nutritional value in anything on that plate. I mean, our dog would go on strike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely go on strike. But when, and, and this started with the families of these incarcerated individuals mm -hmm. uh, going to ADOC and saying, look, we've got, we've got some problems here we need to address. And, and one of the problems is, uh, and you know what happened? I just, you just, you're going to have to take away cause I lost my notes here. Well, the, the friends and family started to get together. I mean, we, we've all seen the, the latest, uh, where a sister of one of the prisoners who'd been out into a hospital, uh, when he came back, he got no care. So he's basically completely emaciated. But they got together and they decided to try to help those of their family members in, in the correction system by, you know, staging a march right. on Monroe Street, uh, a rally this week on Monday when the, when the strike started right. as well, and actually presenting some demands to ADOC. Although ADOC was so interested in this that they didn't bother to send a representative down to actually meet no, them and take no. the demands. They just had to lay them on a desk and walk away. Right. Totally peaceful protest, by the way. 
n no problems there. Well, and the thing is, the list of demands, some of them are not possible. I mean, no, all of I them know. have to be done through legislation. Right. But they're trying to get people's attention. Yes, they are incarcerated. They have done things that, that are wrong. But it doesn't mean they're not human. Exactly. You know, when you enter prison, you lose your freedoms. You do not lose your humanity. We want to make them lose their humanity sometimes, but we, but we can't because that's not how well, our system and, and, works. And some of the things they've got absolutely, you know, you know you're not going to get uh, life sentences revoked. But with the parole, paroles, pardons and paroles doing what they're doing right now with their prisoners that meet the criteria that should be released and they're not releasing them, that's some of the bigger, you know, some, one of the, the big ones in here. And I think there's got to be some discussions among the legislature about how we address that problem. I think one of the big ones here is create a statewide mm -hmm. conviction integrity unit. I agree. Unit. I agree. Uh, now, that would be sprawling and difficult, but we need to have what we've always talked about is truth in sentencing. Mm -hmm. We also need to know that people are sentenced fairly, but we go back to all our judge friends that we know yes. who tell us we want discretion in mm -hmm sentencing. And there should be. <coughs> and there should be, because should be. not every individual is the same, and not every we discussed individual... That, we discussed that last week yes, on we this did. show. There are different types of people, there are different types of criminal activity, and you can't just lock everybody up and throw away the key. One, we don't have the room. Two, it doesn't make any sense. Three, you're probably in, you know increasing people that are coming out that are going to know more about criminal activity than when they went in. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, the one thing, the other thing they really do legislators should look at is this uh, reduction of the 30-year minimum for juvenile offenders mm -hmm. to no more than 15 years. I would agree. Uh, I would you know, agree. When, you know, I, I, I fortunately didn't commit any crimes that I was guilty of when I was a youth, but there are people that make bad decisions and their life doesn't need to be and, and, altered forever. And in some situations, they got wrapped up in a situation yeah. that was out of their yeah, control, too. Right which is another discretionary thing that should yep. be in there. All right, we're going to have to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We will sing and dance in the next segment. Right, <laughs> just kidding. Throughout my career, I've seen many crashes, and a lot of the fatalities are from people who haven't worn their seatbelt. Cars have rolled over multiple times. I've had people end up in lakes, um, ravines. I've been looking for people in the woods for a couple hours before. Usually just about every bone in their body is broken, their organs have ruptured, and typically they die. You want to save a life, just simply click a button and put the seatbelt on. Seatbelts really do save lives. There was an old woman who lived in a shoe. She had so many children, she didn't know what to do. She gave them some broth without any bread and kissed them all soundly and put them to bed. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. My personal biggest pet peeve is kids who are not properly restrained, whether that be in a booster seat, a car seat, or even a simple seatbelt. Kids, they become projectiles, and it's terrifying. It absolutely breaks my heart to know that 
something so innocent could be punished so severely. Your children rely on you to be that person that says, no, you need to put your seatbelt on. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Da, 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 da. Okay. We promised. It's things we do at home, right? Okay. That's, uh, uh, you know, one of the best things in the world is I married you, so there well, you go. And me too. Yeah. Hey, uh, this is a big, big, big deal. This, this, this coming week, mm -hmm. uh, the, United, the Supreme Court of the United States will hear Mulligan versus Merrill, which is a case that is asking the Supreme Court to consider whether Alabama must create a second minority district. Right now we have one. These are our house districts. Right now we have one, and that minority district is occupied by Representative Terry Sewell. Mm -hmm. So there is the challenge. This challenge was upheld in the lower courts, but then they, the Supreme Court said, no, we're going to let the elections go through with the district maps <coughs> as drawn, and then we will address it. So Alabama drew the districts, right? Redistricting drew the districts. Uh, it got challenged, uh, and then uh, the Supreme Court said, well, we're going to go ahead and let these elections, the 2022 elections, go right. through on the, with those districts. And if we rule in your favor, uh, you have to redraw the maps and, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Well, you know, if anybody thinks that gerrymandering is not involved here, they're they're very wrong, and that they and we've been behind the scenes when they're creating these these redistricting maps where they very deliberately break up the minorities and push very small amounts of them into a majority, uh, uh, majority majority <laughs> situation where you know it breaks them up so they only have to have you know, certain actual representative districts. Yeah. So this is not yeah. a surprise at all. And the thing is, and I, I think people fail to realize some of these things, you, you can, I mean, they do, but you cannot use race as mm -hmm. a factor. You can't, now, there's been a move to weaken the Voting Rights Act of 1965 over the last 10 years, and it's happened. Mm -hmm. But again, you still can't, under Section 2, you still shouldn't be able to create district or disenfranchise black voters. And that's what the case is about. Now... Well, that's what gerrymandering in general is about. Well, but it is about getting, you know, you can Republican gerrymander and you can Democratic merit gerrymander, and I don't think that's right either. No, I don't either. But, you know, we've been in those rooms mm -hmm. when they're drawing the maps or they're talking about the maps, and they will laugh out loud... They will. ...of how they... they screwed, Cackle out loud. ...screwed this guy. He won't, it will never get reelected. Right. And think that's funny. Mm -hmm. That's not the way it's supposed to work. No, it's not. But this, you know, I always get a kick out when they call each other my good friend. No, <laughs> I just stabbed you in the back. Right. right. Uh, but again, this, and, and this is not just a big case for Alabama. If, yeah. if the Supreme Court, rules in favor that these these re, these re, districts were drawn using race mm -hmm. as a base right uh, then that's going to affect a lot of other states that have been accused of the same thing and maybe that maybe this is a good thing yeah you know maybe this is a good thing that that, that you know the Supreme Court is looking at these states and going you know 
I just we see what you're doing here. You're gonna. This is not right. You're gonna have to do it the right way. Yeah. Just given the makeup of the Supreme Court, mm. I don't know that that's something. You know. I mean, you you you've got new members that we really don't know where they stand on right, these things. Right. It's a very very conservative court. Uh, so I don't know. You know. Right. John Roberts <clears throat> certainly went along with the. Uh, the uh, Shelby decision, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and so that weakened the Voting Rights Act here for pre-clearance. So I, I just have no clue as to how they're going to do that. But it's a big case. We'll be watching it very closely. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's October 4th, which is right around the corner. It is. Uh, good news, good news, and more good news. Yep. Uh, yep. Governor Kay Ivey announced this, this past week $80 million for the Middle Mile Broadband expansion. Mm -hmm. And that is going to bring in 3,000 more miles mm -hmm. of broadband to the state of Alabama. Right. And that's in, uh, it's a <coughs> part of that $276 million commitment uh, that the Alabama legislature made for the expansion of uh, the broadband under ARPA. Right. So we've got a lot coming in. We've also got a lot of groups involved in that, I'm understanding, uh, like the... Uh, of Alabama Rural Broadband Coalition, which includes Alabama Power, University of Alabama Systems, Alpha, Auburn University, the Energy Institute of Alabama, and other economic health care organizations are all playing a key role in this, too. So this is a big effort. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. very big effort. Yeah, you, you've got all the major players and the, the people that have a vested interest in mm -hmm. this. Because, you know, and, and so many people fail to even think back, but 25 years ago, mm -hmm. 25 years ago, uh, no one was talking about broadband. No. For the I mean, you and I had internet back in 93, 92. Mm. There, there weren't even browsers. No, you know, you, they it, weren't. Uh, so we understand the progression. You know, we, right. we, we put it in our office. We thought we were being very progressive. And, uh, you know, I, I commented at the time, once uh, all our staff got on the internet, I said, if it isn't for porn and kittens, this internet thing will fail. <laughs> but the thing now is that we came from that, but here we are in the age of broadband, which has become an essential service, yeah. you know, um, almost to the point of, you know, of course, your cell service, of course, you know, your lights. and It's an essential service. I mean, children now, they don't take home books. They take home internet yeah. assignments. Yeah. And you've got parents having to go sit in the McDonald's parking lot to, for them to actually be able to do their homework. So this is now an essential need. It is. And I don't make light of that, but no. I mean, it's just changed the world. It has. And our, our rural people in Alabama mm -hmm. have done without it uh, for the most part, and they are most affected by it. But our children mm -hmm. are extremely affected by their lack of broadband access. Exactly. Because you cannot educate a child today in uh -huh. this world without access to high-speed internet. Now, when we were in school, you went to the library and you pulled out the, the cards, yeah, you know, right, the card catalog. Right, they they right. don't do that anymore. No. They I, have to have the internet. Yeah, and then, and then, look, we couldn't function without the internet. Oh, no. If we could not do our business. We could not... We, we could not take the show. We couldn't take the show. I mean, everything depends on the internet now. And having internet access should be... Uh, a, 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 it should be there should be equal access there to should this. Be. And, Absolutely. And, and it's not, but due to the legislature, Governor Ivey's uh, uh, leadership mm -hmm. and this coalition that has come together, we're gonna get it. I think it's great. All right.
You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.